0: Welcome to this episode number 120 of Hustle & Pro. I'm your host, Kelly Walker. Today we're looking at things like sports specialization from a former college coach perspective. Justin Wickard is our guest. Thanks for joining us, first of all. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. So um, tell me more, though, about you and your sports background.
1: I'm originally from Nebraska, small town in Nebraska. I was a Division One sprints and hurdles hurdler at Utah State, uh, graduated in 06. And then from there, I've always wanted to be a college coach. So I literally spent four years as a volunteer coach uh, at Texas Tech. And then I was at UNC Chapel Hill. um, And I got my master's degree at Shattered State. And literally it took me four years. I mean, I was making like not even minimum wage. (laughs) And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a college coach. Uh, And so I spent four years, finally was able to get my first college gig at Louisiana Tech. I was there for three years. And then uh, after three years, I went to TCU for five years. And then just my last stop was at the Air Force Academy. uh, And I was there for, for two years. So now, you know, I was basically been college coaching sprints and hurdles for 14 years.
0: That's pretty good variety of types of schools, like tech and law, tech and you say Air Force Academy was your yeah, last Air Force stop.
1: Academy, yeah, Air Force Academy was my last stop. So, like, like, I, like people would say, I've I've sort of seen the gamut of Division two small town college to Power five, then to mid major. So it's it has been very interesting how the dynamics of college track and field works at those levels. Cause it's completely different. Oh, there's I some bet. similarities, but there's also a lot of big differences too.
0: Yeah. So. so you have seen a bunch of just different aspects. Like you said, the way that they function are different. I mean, that sport, the sport is a sport, right? But it's right. all the things behind. Correct. The things that the sport that probably fluctuated to different levels yep. that you get to. And you said, you know, even even working for what pans out to less than minimum wage, you still realize that's what you want to do. So that's how you know you really love something, and that's your yeah. that's your yep. passion.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's amazing. You know, like as the teachers, stuff they want to. It's the best time to basically mold someone, teach them life lessons, guide them, be a mentor. But it's amazing when a call co- when a kid goes to college, they're truly now themselves. And a lot of times, like, well, who am I? What's my identity? You know, and I know we'll talk about that later. Um, but now there's the first time they're away from parents. You know, they get it finally explored. So, as a college coach, that was a unique thing of you get to see their struggles, you get to have, you know, office conversations, conversations out at the track about life and about choices and decisions. And, you know, at the same time, trying to help them reach their athletic goals too. And so, it, it's just amazing of the kind of impact that you can have at the college level, you know? So it would, that was, that was more fun than coaching all Americans, to be honest with you. It was the personal relationships that I was able to build. And
0: yeah, I could see that because they're not, you know, they're not kids anymore. They're on their own for the first time in making those big boy decisions. And you're there for those important, you know, important moments. Of course, the, when they're younger, they're important too, but they're, their, you know, their parents are involved in those and it's just a different kind of a different mindset. So that's awesome. Okay. From, from your college coaching perspective, then I'm curious, uh, what you see when you look back and the athletes that you see, like when you, when we talk about sports specialization, cause that's something you and I have, have chatted about before. What do you, what have you seen in the athletes that come to you and me? And when I say that, I mean, How young are they specializing in in track? Um, And what do you, besides what you see, what do you think is ideal?
1: Yeah. um, I would say that's the biggest thing now being in the private sector for a year, it's blown me away because private sector is completely different. The mentality of parents to the kids. I mean, it's just, I was like, I would tell my wife, I'm like, wow, this is, this is crazy. (laughs) You know? Um, So what I see, especially when I was at the college level is a lot of the kids would come and they're like, I got the prize. And the prize is obviously the full ride scholarship or a scholarship to compete at the next level or say I wanted to compete at power five or any school to basically get my school paid for. But then when they get there, they realize that it's a whole different ball game now compared to high school track because you know like i've mentioned before there's some but overall in high school the kids are not going to get cut overall you know right. so, once you've made the team yeah, or, once yeah. you made the team or, or or whatever you know so but now when you get to college it's like hey we've given you money so it's a business like we're paying you to be productive in the classroom and on the track so there's a higher standard and, you know, a lot of kids struggle with that because they just like, I got the scholarship. I'm good. That was their goal. Yeah. And I'm like, no. But then on the flip side of things of how much those kids when they come in are actually already burnt out, they don't love track and field as much as they used to because they've been doing it for so long. Is like, it because that's...
0: they've been doing it solely and dedicated and specialized in it for so long?
1: I, I, would, you... say that, I would say that's part of it. You know, uh, like I'll give you an example. Like there was a couple, uh, I think it was when we were both at the track, there was a person I saw that was, you know, it was a young person and they're doing repeat interval work. So like repeat 300s, 400s. And I'm like, that's what I did at college. So if a kid's eight years old doing that kind of workout already, when they get to college, they're like, I've been doing this since eight.
0: Yeah. It's boring by then. Yeah. This
1: is not fun. I don't want to do this. And then when its intensity is higher, and the expectation, they're just like, yeah. So a lot of times as a college coach, I had to go back to try to get them to, to love the sport again, to be excited about coming and practicing and training. Uh so you know, and you know, like when I was in high when I was in high school myself, I didn't know anything about club track. I mean, I literally didn't start track until I was in seventh grade.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is sort of the common, yeah, that's how people our age came up. It wasn't club everything all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, now it's, I mean, you're doing club at six years old, you know, and it's got to go to AAU, got to go to junior Olympics and, you know, reach all these standards and milestones, which is awesome. But then, you know, those kids are doing other things on top of the current track season during the summer. They're doing club basketball or they're doing soccer at the same time or baseball you know or they're doing their summer conditioning so it's like when we were our age it was one sport during that time once it was over then it was the next one instead of oh hey we're doing multiple things all at the same time and you know that's the part of and especially as they get older what i've realized is the specialization is starting so early because the parents are like my child's behind? They don't look this way. They need to get stronger. They need to get faster. And I'm like, they're ten. They're it's going to be okay, you know. But they think because of you know how competitive it is for AAU tabs, you know, uh, Junior Olympics. Um, you know, they're like, oh, but we got to get here. We got to get here. We got to get here. And, you know, and so that, that pushes the narrative even more, got to do this, got to do this. And that's where then it comes to feeling of the specialization of picking. Yeah.
0: Because it it's so it's a sli- it's, it's very hard to navigate as a parent and balance because in the club, like an example you give with club, so we've we've faced these decisions i mean with a 10 and 15 year old this has been our decision our life for the last seven years of like when do we go club do we not are we ready for that are you know all the things that it encompasses that but in some situations it's easy to say no we are not doing that our goal is to make this eighth grade team we don't need club for that and that we just you know learn this sport and play this for a few years great check kind of check it off the list and have the experience school spirit that kind of stuff so we've been able to avoid um club and getting really serious in some sports but then there's some when our team as a whole is playing rec you know city league rec or something and they're continually winning and then the rec league pushes you up to the next level and then you're then you're then your whole team is forced to play up an age group because if you're winning your league back to back all that and so then it's kind of like well there's nobody else wrecked to to have your kids compete with so then the natural step is to to find a more competitive team then it's to go club but then what happens next is how do you fit your other stuff in because there's the year-round Yep. Expectation. If you've yep. if you signed with a club, their expectation is to have you train year round because that's sort of what you're paying them to do. It's not just a seasonality. Everybody's there's off season workout, you know, all that stuff. Yep. So then you get into this weird place where you're like, well, you know, you want your 12-year-old to still be competing and playing and having fun at their level, but then able to play two other rec sports or school sports if they want. And then you take a step back and you're like, Oh no, we're playing four sports all the time. Yeah, it's it is hard because sometimes you have the fear of missing out. If you pull your kid from a sport because everybody's going club or or everybody's not or whatever it is, it's so hard to know what's best for your kid as an athlete and as a friend and all these you know peer groups you want them to be in. And it is it is it is difficult as a parent. Do you have kids that age yet where you're having to make those decisions?
1: I don't, he's only two, but, you know, coming from my experience as a former athlete and also, you know, college coach and now private, I will tell you, my son will get to choose whatever he wants to do whenever he wants. And I would like, it. you had mentioned one pack podcast. I would ask him questions. Why do you want to do it? Is it because of friends? Is it because of this? Well, okay. Well, if you want the friends and the, and the, socializing of it. That's fine. Let's maybe let's do it at this level. We don't have to do it here. So I, I would agree with you. I would do the exact same thing when he gets older, you know, and for me, I've seen it like I'm going to be his dad first. I'm not going to be coach. Like I'm. if he comes to me and says, Hey dad, I'm like, okay, do you want me to do this? And if I do, these are the things, are you going to be okay with that? And anytime I see the, dad son relationships start weighing because now i'm being coach it ends because my relationship with my son from a father father to son is way more important than me saying i got to get him ready for this
0: we'll be right back to the show after a quick break from our sponsors let's talk about one of my favorite daily treats shakeology So have you ever wondered what would happen if you swap out high fat and high sugar and all those calories for nutrient dense ones? Well, that's what I do every day when I have a vegan Shakeology. I love vanilla and chocolate and the new cookies and creamy flavor. I also love baking with Shakeology because it makes my favorite treats healthy. Click the Beachbody link in this episode description to find out more information or to ask about samples Email kelly at hustleandpro.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y at hustleandpro.com. Let's get back to the episode. So then as a coach perspective, um, if you're training youth athletes, because now you're not coaching college anymore, you're in private. So what what are the age groups that you work with?
1: Uh, So I was starting at eight, but now I'm just going to do 10, 10 to 18.
0: 10 to 18. So when you are training with somebody and they come to you new, and they aren't, they um, do have a secondary activity. Like, what do you see as secondary activities that are great that get your seal of approval that help the athlete be more well rounded? And maybe also, if you have any that are opposite that, that don't jive well with being a yeah. second sport.
1: Honestly, I think from a speed development, because that's what I specialize in speed development. So, To me, I I see that just like track and field. I see that as a foundation to all sports.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, so because every kid wants to be faster. Speed is the name of the game for no matter what sport you play, maybe except maybe golf, bowling or golf. You know. So but actually physical running and speed, like every sport, every coach wants it helps. Yep. So it helps. I I would say the thing that I find out that's that contradicts that is when you know an off-season program or there's constant travel or constant hey coach I gotta hurry up and I got now to go to this after our session or it's hey like I'm gonna use it it's on there but hey coach I just came to you in this morning we did 30 times 40 meter and I'm like yeah you're trashed yeah like there's no point you know, so it's not and,
0: so much what the other thing is. It's the amount of it and the timing and the overlap. Yes,
1: very, very much so. That's the biggest. And it just of seeing that again, I mean, I know, I know our age is different, but when's downtime, when's downtime for the family when's downtime. But well, yeah, yeah. I'd see kids take a week for vacation. That's great. But again, it's like, like you said, where's the downtime, where can the kid just be a kid go out? Play, go do whatever. Maybe have a job, babysit. Yeah, get bored. Yeah. You know, get bored yeah. Play. You know, I know people don't like it, but play PlayStation. Said, well, "Come on, we gotta go. We gotta go here. We gotta go there. We gotta go." Yeah, you know, it's that.
0: Recover, recover yeah. mentally, recover physically. Yes, and then that that goes back to the risk of tying too much of one thing into of your making one thing your identity right yeah. because if you are only this star hurdler right at 12 13 right yeah. if that is it if that is what your parents are telling you if that is what your coaches are telling you if that is what your schedule is telling you um that that becomes true to you and you yeah. then think that's what I am I'm not a kid that gets to bike around my neighborhood I'm not a kid that gets to go to the movies with my friends or whatever yeah. I'm that I'm this so do you you know at in your call i'm guessing you would see that more in college like when you said these are big life decisions and these kids are maybe realizing this is a job to them now um you see that that backfire sometimes
1: uh in all levels yes not Mm -hmm. just college Okay. All levels. Kid. Even at a
0: 14, 15 year old, right. It can still, they already start seeing that too narrow of an identity yeah. for themselves. Yeah.
1: Or it's getting from parents or from, from the coach and vice versa. Like I've literally have talked to kids. I'm like, Hey, whatever we talk about, you can trust me. So open up because I want to be able to impact them, not just in their sports performance, but as a kid, as an athlete. And so I've literally have had Kids tell me, like, yeah, I'm tired. I don't want to do this.
0: It's too much. Like, or they're well,
1: not. Yeah. Like, why do you, joy And they're like, no, why, well, why are you doing it? Parents are making me. I'm like, oh, okay, well, do you want to do this event? Do you want to? No. Well, do- what about this? Yeah, I would love to do that. Well, why don't you? Because uh, coach is saying no or parents saying no. And I'm just like, oh, and I see how much, like, even in college, like, and I experienced it myself when you've done it for so long and you become really good. People identify you. Oh, Hey, that's Justin Wickerd, That's the hurdler. Hey, that's so-and-so that's Susan. That's the gymnast. And it's you know? hard to
0: get away from that. If you admit Very that hard. you might want to get away from that, if you do. yeah. And, and then like, it's kind of scary. Maybe if you do want to get away from it, you could feel that trapped sensation where you're like, forced into this path that you really would rather just speak up and say, Hey, I- I'm 16. Can I go do this next year? But it sort of feels like you already committed it to all these people that wrap that identity. Know, I see a lot I
1: see a lot of kids having the pressure, and this goes in college. I have a see a lot of kids have the pressure of I can't let mom and dad down. Yeah. If I do like I I have to, I gotta continue to keep this college scholarship or I got to do this because I have to take the burden of the financial responsibility because mom and dad can't, even though mom and dad are saying, yes, don't worry about it. We got it. The kid, however, is carrying that weight with them all the time.
0: So how do you, I mean, is there even a, as a way around that though? I mean, we talk about like maybe setting the expectations as a parent, I guess, as coaches earlier um, letting them know that they can be honest about what, you know, The path they're going down or whatever, but uh, there's probably some kids that are going to put that on themselves, no matter what, if they're a driven kid or or whatever, and you might not be able to avoid it, but have you, you know, do you have any, any tips as, as everything you've seen and coaching all these levels, like how do you keep them from feeling that much pressure if you can? Yeah,
1: Uh, For me, it's just having the conversations. It's, it's them trusting me to open up and knowing that I'm not gonna judge them and understand them. And then as, as they give me information, it's now trying to relate it to practical things that can take away. You know, Mike, well, tell me what you can see yourself doing in five years. Okay. And I try to get them to open like expand their thoughts more than just, I'm a senior, I gotta go to college. You know, like I sort of ask Mike, have you ever thought of like once your college, once your sports career is done? Who are you? What do you want to do? What other things are you passionate about? You know, or Hey, if you got injured, God forbid you got injured and your career was shut down ASAP, how would you take it? And if you took it bad, what would, why would it be hard? So I just try to get them to start thinking about things and trying to process through that because that's something as a college athlete, no college athletes are prepared for that. Like once they graduate, I remember walking across the stage, I'm like, crap, now, now what? what? Like, yeah. okay. And literally, I spent two years trying to chase to be an Olympian. Well, it just wasn't in the cards, but yet I was still like, I got it. Well, it's because when no matter what age you start, you're so used to routine and certain structure of life. All of a sudden, when it's taken away, now you're like, ooh, now what I do? And think about it. That's why a lot of people that are in military struggle once they get out of the military. It's like I'm so used to this. I'm used to this camaraderie. I'm used structure. to structure. Mm-hmm. Now what do I do? Who am I outside of this? And so I just try to have those conversations.
0: Yeah. I think sport. that goes that aligns well with the <clears throat> on the parenting side with the free time and how do you use your downtime away from the sport. Make sure, be very intentional that your kid gets even through you know high school, that they get other thing other time to do other things that they're good at or that they enjoy so that there are some not backup plans but you know other hobbies that they know they can do yeah yeah
1: yeah I mean I remember when when I was in high school my junior and senior year, we made the state championship game and in what sport football okay and so during that the state game that same day was all state for choir. And so we've had kids on the team that were doing all state choir. It was terrible. I mean, cause from a football coach, like what the heck da, 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 you gotta be like, you're not. And again, this happens is coaches then belittle the kid and make them feel bad. Oh, you're not part of the team. You don't want to do this. Like you're not dedicated. You're not thinking of the team. You're being selfish. Like, that's dumb. Like what? And so now of course the kid's not going to feel safe and they're torn. So they're like, parents are saying, no, don't do it. Or yes, they're saying do it. But they're like, the coach is threatening me not to be able to play if I do this. And then I get crap from the kids in my own team. And that happens even that I'm the private sector. I'm like, this is crazy. Like I literally, you know, I, I have a story where the first time, like, I won't say what sport, but literally a coach had a conversation with parents saying, um, they're, they're not in shape. They're overweight. They don't look like any other kids out there. And that's not good. I'm like, person's not even in middle school yet. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Okay. Like from a college standpoint, if we got caught doing that, we're fired instantly, instantly, because now you're dealing with mental issues you're dealing uh-huh. with eating disorders all this stuff wow and college like yeah they get caught that and those kids know and they will instantly go to ad and they will come in and like get yeah, your fire and you're safe.
0: well there's a level of oversight and protection there whereas unfortunately in youth and in private sector there there isn't yeah yeah our culture's definitely got some work to do to make sure All these kids can safely play different things, different times of the year, less overlap, less expectation to focus and specialize and commit. You shouldn't have to. I mean, we just went through this. You shouldn't have to commit by your freshman year to one thing at your school. Like that is the beauty of being early high school kid is that you can try a few, still keep going with a few things.
1: Yeah, and that's the the great thing that I appreciated about being in a small town because we had multiple three sport people.
0: Yeah. I sports. love it. I think it's great. And there's still so many pro athletes that that are able to say they have multiple multi-sports. I guess we might see less and less of that over time, but we still do see it. I mean like um, I'll give
1: you, I'll give a great example. I mean, he's getting ready to go to he's probably in Tokyo right now, but Ronnie Baker, TCU, he played basketball his senior year in high school. He wasn't even a hundred meter sprinter. And now one of the top, but, but again, it's, he played different things and, and he wasn't even one of the top kids in the country in high school.
0: I love that though, that it can still, you can still pivot late, like the Johnny Quinn story. And you can say, okay, my football career might've ended here, but because of all these skills that I honed in on and my like leadership style and all the other things about me, I can go be great at this now and just keep on, keep on moving tell people where they can find you if they want to learn more about you.
1: Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram at tier one athlete underscore, or they can find me on Twitter, uh, tier one athlete or Facebook. So they just Justin Wickard or tier one athlete performance
0: tier one athlete. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Justin. We'll do it again.
1: Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: And thank you for listening to this episode of hustle and pro make sure you share and subscribe wherever you can.